0: hello and welcome to another interesting episode of InsureTech business series as usual uh, we're excited to have you uh, come on and listen to this uh podcast uh it's been an interesting conversation so far and my name is damola
1: hi damola my name is Fulumi. hi everyone
0: uh how are you doing
1: i'm fine i'm okay i'm good um yeah a bit bright today thank god the rains are not you know pouring
0: yet so yeah it's it's good for me it's a good day for me what about you yeah it's it's been it's been quite interesting you know i mean generally mostly working from home you know it's it's been interesting you know how it all has has gone and i mean i've been quite busy speaking at uh, um the Digital Insurance Innovation uh, Conference. And it was quite interesting how that went with a lot of uh, insights from around the world, really. And kudos to the team that uh, that brought that together. And I mean, we need some more of those conversations, you know, especially in the African uh, front. So, yeah. Like
1: it good. I, I mean i i was opportune to listen in at some point and you know um i took a look at some of the papers and they looked very 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 interesting i mean yeah. for those people that missed out um i think there's a way you can reach out to them or something i don't know how um like, i think you should be in the best position with advice i mean
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we would. What we can do is speak with the organizers. Maybe if it's possible, we can share the recorded oh, uh, version. Yeah. Yeah, version. So everyone can be a part of it. Yeah, so sure. sure. I mean, once we have that, we can share on, on our LinkedIn page. So if you're not following us on LinkedIn, so go to LinkedIn and follow us at InsureTech Business Series. And we'll, once we have it, we'll share the link there. And you can also follow for other you know, engagements as well. I mean, we are, we are building a, a, a community of insurtech enthusiasts yeah. and, and innovators and especially in Nigeria, but also in, you know, encourage to see a lot more people from out, other parts of the world, you know, joining the oh. conversation and see how we can, you know, grow uh, the insurance industry in Africa. So yeah, you're welcome. So today we, we, have a very interesting uh, conversation with Doctor Ekwe Is the founder of uh, Wella Health. Wella Health, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Wella Health is is a health health tech, stroke insurance tech company, right? So they're providing affordable health with uh, insurance. So, so it's a it's a very interesting combination, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that conversation.
1: And I think this is actually a good one, having, you know, partnerships with, you know, health tech businesses and insurance space, even though it's not the core insurance but the health yeah. part of it. So it's yeah. a good one to see that people are becoming more interested in partnering with the insurance industry
0: it's mm. really, really good. yeah 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 i mean it's, it's quite interesting because i mean we are in sort of like in a health uh, crisis around the world right now yes. so it's going to be interesting to hear from uh how they are from him how they are tackling that how they are putting this time and also i mean someone from outside you know, coming into the insurance space so i mean it will be interesting to hear his perspective on how they have tackled some things as well um yeah
1: some of the challenges they yes, had and yes yes yeah. the ones they've been able to overcome
0: yeah all right so we'll join that conversation after the short break
1: don't go nowhere
0: So,
2: My Dr. Neto, welcome You're welcome to your oh, Thank you so much, it's a pleasure to be here
0: Alright, how are you doing?
2: Well, I'm good, thanks um, It's uh, always good to get on a, on a podcast And I, I really like your podcast I think it's, it's it's a niche area, of course And it's nice to have, you know, people like yourselves And curate some of the content And the interesting people on the subject So it's really, really, uh, I'm really excited to be on this
0: All right, thank you very much. Uh, uh, So, how how's it been uh, with the uh, lockdown and and
2: work? It's been challenging, I have to say. I mean, I think for everybody, it's been a big challenge. For me, do you know I, I run my business from my startup and so I don't really do you know direct uh, medical practice Uh, and I haven't said that you know I'm I'm a doctor and I I do do a lot of stuff in health uh, innovation health technology health management and so I've actually been involved in quite a number of things um, around Mm. the COVID-19 response you know to help uh, the country and uh, that's Nigeria just respond uh, responded uh-huh. a bit better. So I've been I've been very busy um, at this time.
0: Oh okay. Alright, yeah. so so I mean you know, tell us a bit about uh Dr. Ipemeneto.
2: Um yeah, it's always a difficult question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> um but I guess um, a good place to start perhaps is um around you know, my motivation to become a doctor. I've been working in medicine for the last 10 years. Um, and I guess, I mean, it's a bit cliched, right? I always wanted to help people. And so right from when I was young, um, I always had that uh, desire to be in a position where I can help people, you know, especially around, you know, their healthcare challenges, um, which is a significant thing. I think for, for me from what I understand from when I was young I had a family member who was unwell and I, I said I was going to you know eventually you know be a doctor to help solve that so I think that was where that whole thing started from um, and so you know going on to to get into med school um, you know starting to be a doctor one thing that I, I realized along the way was that it wasn't just enough for me to you know see one patient a day and we'll talk about this a bit more as to how I you know eventually started a startup mm-hmm. um, but I always wanted to have a, a really large impact and I knew that sitting in a In a clinic, you know, speaking to one one patient, you know, every few minutes wasn't going to cut it for me. I really wanted to have a massive impact, and I also saw the the challenge of systemic problems, you know. And so, when you sit in a hospital or in a clinic, and you're at the end of the problem, you know, Mm. it's a bit like the story story of the the two guys that are by a river, and then they see, you know, a kid in the river screaming, drowning. So they jump in and they save that one kid, and then a few minutes later, there's another kid. And then a few minutes later, there's another kid, you know. And Mm. so they keep jumping in to save save the kids. But very quickly, they realize there is no point really jumping (laughs) in to save this kid they need, they need to go upriver to find out who's throwing the kids in the river. Mm, yeah, and so mm. and so, I think you know, medicine is a lot in a lot of the there's a lot of similarities. Is that a lot of the problems mm. that we solve as doctors actually could be better managed upstream? You know, and so that's mm. why I sort of step, step out from seeing patients individually to finding systemic problems, systemic solutions to mm. problems we face
0: You talked on something that I wanted you to speak a bit about. So, to a good extent yes you might say it's cliche people might say it's cliche but it's that bit is quite important right like that passion has to be there that drive that okay you want to like you you are really moved to want to help people uh so i mean from your experience i mean starting your own um business which would we'll get into um because yes you might have passion but i mean to to put uh, this program on CNN, passion to portfolio.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a, a number of schools of thought around you know the importance of passion when you're say starting a, a startup, um, and I, I don't think there's a right or wrong per se, but certainly I think it's good to be passionate about what you're working in because it helps you get through the difficult times. Hmm. I mean, I've worked, I've, i I became an entrepreneur about five years ago, and like the amount of difficulties I've faced mm-hmm. is, is is crazy that I'm still at it, um, mm-hmm. and the reason I'm still. It is because, I mean, I'm super passionate about what I'm trying to do or what I'm trying to achieve. So I think that Mm -hmm. uh, passion gives you some longevity and ability to have more grit and just stay with it. Now, Having said that, passion can also make you foolish, right? You can Instead of calling it quits, you know, you you go after the sunk cost fallacy. You know where you keep you know putting in more effort where really mm. there shouldn't be any more thing put in. So I think there's, I mean, there's pros and cons. But um, considering that you know new businesses, especially in difficult markets, always mm. take time. And so mm. I think you're better off having passion than not having passion for what you're working on.
1: Now I would say the portfolio now we're moving from the passion. <laughs> Um, we're sure that you established the Weller Health um, but also how have you been able to manage digitization with you know, your um, actual profession so being a doctor and coming into the um, you know into the health tech space like how are you able to combine those two together then that's one then also we would also like you to tell us about what um well our health is about
2: i was always interested in technology i mean i grew up around a, a computer i was very privileged to have internet in my house when i was a teenager that's unusual in nigeria Mm-hmm. But when I was a teenager, I had, I had internet at home, um, and so clearly I was very privileged, and you know had a lot of exposure to technology. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, my brothers are both you know in, into tech. My, one of my brothers worked in cybersecurity; the other one is, is a developer. So it was you know we were very much around computers all of our lives, um, and the internet as well. And so I was always comfortable with, you know, technology. Um, and so, again, I would be one okay. of those people. I, you could call me an early adopter type, you know. So I I adopted smartphones. In the very early days, you know, I was, you know, tinkering with my phone and, you know, installing things, uninstalling things, you know. Um, so I was always, you know, sort of, you know, tech inclined. Um, I think what, what, when the big um, light bulb went up in my head was I was working mm-hmm. in a hospital in in um in new zealand actually and they had really great technology the technology was so good that i could do my work from home Mm. right and so their whole system was was virtualized and so you could log into the the hospital computers from anywhere in the world Mm and you could do virtually everything you know that didn't if 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 you didn't need to see a patient physically you could do everything else on a computer from anywhere in the world and Mm -hmm. so I could prescribe I could prescribe on a computer I could review notes on a computer I could write notes on a computer you know so so it became it became so easy to do my work I would go to work in the morning see the patient and then Mm -hmm. I could go home for lunch and then I really didn't need to go back to work unless it was Mm -hmm. like an emergency to see somebody you know I could do a lot of my my work from home and so it was I I was very fascinated and I was delighted, actually, that, you know, this, this technology thing is actually, you know, quite a, an amazing way to make healthcare more efficient. Um, and of course, my goal was always to return to Nigeria. And so I started to look back to to, to Nigeria to mm-hmm. think and figure out how technology can help. Um, Around that time, I started to help a family member as well with, you know, accessing, you know, healthcare in Nigeria. Um, And I was obviously far away. And so technology played a central role there. And that whole thing just kind of, you know, came together. And I realized that, you know, the way it really gets to the millions of people and impacts for healthcare is really to um, embrace technology. And so that started my journey around, you know, building technology for healthcare. Um, And so I come at insurance um, to, to, to... to put an insurance pass, I come at insurance or insure tech from a very different standpoint, right? So for me, insurance is one of the tools um in my arsenal to be able to make healthcare more affordable and more accessible. Mm, right. Um and so the way I think about um insurance and insurtech tech can be slightly different to the way to the way others would think about it because of the way that I you know my background and the way that I approach things. Okay. Um and so because when we started out at Weller Health to, to go into what Weller Health is about, we weren't like we had nothing to do insurance. As a matter of fact, if you told me you know sort of three, four years ago that I would be you know, an insurtech tech company, I'd be like, yeah, get out, that's never happening. Um, mm-hmm. but it was really following the problem mm-hmm. and following and speaking to the users and that's how we end up where we were so with Wella Health our goal is to solve the challenge of out-of-pocket expenditure for healthcare so if you look in Nigeria um, mm-hmm. every year we spend about 7 billion dollars on um, purchasing healthcare out of our pockets and the problem with that of course is that we are at high risk of uh, getting very impoverished when we have a uh, healthcare expenditure that we can't uh, cover Um mm-hmm. And so it's fine when you have, you know, a small illness that costs you, you know, 10,000 naira, 5,000 naira. But then when you have a a more significant illness, you know, you don't have the savings to cover it. Then you're in a really, really big uh, uh, fix. And so we set out to solve that problem of a high out-of-pocket healthcare expenditure. Um, And it was, you know, iterating our way through that and building several technology solutions for healthcare providers that we ended up on, you know, providing micro insurance that covers... Common conditions, malaria, of course, being one of them, and then layering on top of that other uh, services that we can then use insurance to solve uh, for people. And also beyond insurance, we also actually provide uh, further benefits that help to solve that uh, underlying problem of -of out-of-pocket expenditure. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ale Banjo. I'm co-founder, CEO at MyCover.ai and we're building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news on insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsureTech Business Series and stay updated.
0: That's interesting. I mean, why malaria? And can you tell us the size of the problem?
2: In yeah, Nigeria? absolutely. So... So beyond malaria um, i think um i heard actually on the side there that we do have a cashback plan yeah so it's a it's a traditional hospital hospy cash so every okay every respectable you know micro insurance uh, product or company would have a cash a hospital cash plan you know that's just mm. standard um but that uh, hospital cash um product has a lot of drawbacks uh, one of which is uh, low utilization. So your annual risk for hospitalization any year is anywhere between six to ten percent. You know that varies on a number of uh, different um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: parameters, but around six to ten percent annual annual risk. And now you're looking at a population that are not used to uh, paying for insurance, and you're telling them that they mm. they are only ever going to need this insurance about you know. Um, Annually, annual risk of about 60% so it doesn't really compute mm. people are paying you know all this uh, money and they're really not ever gonna see most people are never gonna see any benefit from this hospital cash cover and so it's clear that what you get is a lot of uh, churn a lot of people do not actually persist they may pay for the first few months and then they actually drop off mm. Um, so let's you know let's park that aside for a minute if you now go back and look at okay what do people actually spend their money on for healthcare? care remember i right. said uh, it we spend about $7 billion on out of pocket expenditures for healthcare. Yeah. Would you believe that $3 billion of that is on malaria? Wow. Yes. If you ask people what their most significant and pressing uh, health concern is, 81% of them will tell you it's malaria. Mm. And mm. so it's clear that what people are spending their money on is malaria. Now, insurance doesn't like. People, you know, that are gonna utilize uh, if it products too much. No, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then if you flip it on his head and say, well, if that's what people, you know, want and need and not they're spending their money on, and then you have this other product where only ten mm. percent of people are gonna use it, you really have to find a way to marry those two mm. things so that you have. Mm. Far better utilization and value yeah. for the customer so that actually a yeah. product gets taken up, um, and so that's why we started off to focus on that malaria side of things. And over time, we've now incorporated this hospitalisation side, which also gives that extra benefit, but is also a better product from an insurance point of view because the risk is lower. Um, mm. But at least with malaria, we're able to improve adoption, get people used to the idea, because really a lot of these things is behaviour change and getting people used to the idea of prepaying for their for the services that they need, and also you mm. know accessing another how
0: insurance works oh wow um so preparing for this I saw uh, that Wella health has you know, this malaria urine malaria tests that they have their members you know, take up when they call in to say they have symptoms or whatever can you, can you tell us about about that or, or generally just tell us what the journey is so how how it works.
2: Yes, absolutely. So, so the cost for our, our malaria product is only just over a dollar, a dollar a month. Um, and part of the thing that we were looking to solve is beyond just you know insurance as a tool. Is how can you get healthcare affordable? It was clear mm-hmm. that using the existing structures is not really that is not sustainable, you know. Um, and so we looked to innovate around how we even deliver this malaria care in the first instance, okay. so that you know you don't you don't have crazy claims ratios at the end of the day right is that if you're going to charge people a dollar a month and then providing the care per individual is going to cost you you know ten dollars that's not really sustainable you know you're never going to make a business out of that we had to reduce the cost of providing that care from ten dollars to something you know a a far more affordable and so what we did was we actually removed a couple of steps in the process in that you know the the traditional way for you to manage malaria is that you know you would present to a doctor for example and then the doctor would then order a lab test and then you would then go to a pharmacy to get your drug so you know a lot of costs there for the doctor the cost for the lab and then the cost for the pharmacy what we did was take out the doctor and the lab and condense it into just a 10 minute uh, episode at the pharmacy and so we work with the pharmacist to get a, train them and give them access to a rapid diagnostic test where they can get a, a malaria result within 10 minutes and then you get a drug and then that interaction is actually done. What we've done as well is we've integrated telemedicine into the offer so that okay. following that um, following that episode, you can actually speak to a doctor if you don't get better. Um, but what, 95% of people get better afterwards so they don't even need a telemedicine at all. But that service is there and it's available. Okay. Um, now, for people that... Um, don't want to say go to a pharmacy and get this test done we then have this urine malaria test which provides us with you know some more flexibility in that when you sign up and sign on for that we can send it out to you and then whenever you have symptoms or you feel unwell you can just pee into a cup you do the test within 20 minutes you get a result and then you can go and get your drug um, so those are some of the things that we've done to innovate around the cost for delivering the care. So which is why we are just beyond. So people say, "Oh, well, you're in short take." I'm like, "Well, we're mm. not. We're not that easy to classify because we do a lot of things around the mm. actual healthcare itself."
0: Okay, it's interesting when you mentioned the tests and because, I mean, I just so I feel some certain way. I, see, I know it's, it's malaria. I just go and get drugs. I mean the tests now. I'm I'm quite curious about how I mean the tests come in. because when you talk about tests, Nigerians would think ah, maybe it's a serious uh, ailment. Now you have uh, uh, a kidney problem or something, you know. So why do I have to take tests to? I mean malaria. I know its symptoms. When I feel, I'm feverish. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. A lot of a lot of people ask us that. So, the good thing is that COVID-19 has actually opened up people's eyes, mm. <laughs> right? Because the, the symptoms for malaria and COVID-19 are not too dissimilar, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so, imagine treating yourself for malaria when you actually have COVID-19. You know, that's, very <laughs> mm.
3: that's,
2: what, that's what we've been doing, you know? Because COVID-19 is far more dangerous and people are more aware and say, oh, if I feel unwell, don't feel quite right, it's probably COVID-19 as well as... You know, malaria. Um, but malaria is not the only cause of a fever. You know, there's several other causes, and it's important to actually test and find out. Nigerian, the Nigerian policy is that 100% of people should get tested before they get treated. Mm-hmm. It helps for knowing, you know, what your malaria burden is like, make sure that you're treating people the right way. It reduces your chances of getting resistance to the drugs over time, okay. um, and also make sure that people get better on time. I mean, I'll give you an extreme case. It doesn't happen all the time, but this is possible. I know of somebody that was treating malaria for a very long time, and eventually it turned out that he actually had lung cancer. Wow! Right? So, yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously that's not that doesn't always happen, but that's a risk. Is that if you keep treating for malaria when you never test for it, mm. you could really just be masking an underlying disease that is far more dangerous and that could ultimately even kill you if you don't uh, if you're not careful.
1: Well, I mean, I've heard what you Um, said. um, In terms of the malaria sample, uh, um, do you do door to door collection for the malaria sample? And where um, people that get this um, health insurance are unable to access, you know, like the regular health care? How exactly do they, you know, how exactly do you um, provide all of those telemedicine to them, especially people in rural areas?
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Neto, founder and CEO of Weller Health. We're working on affordable access to healthcare using technology and alternative care pathways, Microinsurance being central to our work. Um delighted to be on a chat on InsurTech Business Series where we talk about some of the stuff we're learning at Weller Health and how we can improve insurance adoption across Nigeria and Africa. Enjoy. Yeah, so I mean our target is is like you, like you alluded to is people that are not consuming at all. So I think only about 10 percent of nigerians have uh, health insurance you know so the market is huge for the people that we can we can reach and um, now if you break that down further, there's it's obviously the people in the rural areas but to be honest that's not our concern our focus at the moment because people in the rural areas are just much harder and far much more expensive to, to reach we are a business and so we have to do things you know that make financial sense at least initially i think when we get to scale reaching people that are in the rural areas gets you know a bit easier and a bit cheaper and in fact, we're working with a few NGOs around designing models so that we can reach those people. And mm. um, because the NGOs that work in this space, their goal is to actually okay. um, remove their hands; they don't want to exist ultimately. And so, they see us as a good vehicle to pass on this um, this burden for you know malaria care and related health challenges too so that when they help people to come onto our service over time they can then you know transition away so that people have a direct uh, interaction with us and are able to pay for the service themselves um, so there's that model that's going on at the moment it's really just urban areas and then over time as we get to scale we can look at the people in the rural areas, regarding testing, so the way our model is is that people have to present to a healthcare provider, pharmacies, okay. which is why we have you know hundreds of them all across the country. Okay. It is not you know feasible or financially sensible for us to go out and actually be collecting samples from people. Yeah. Um, but that is, I mean, that is not the expectation anyway, and that is not the user behavior. People are very comfortable going somewhere. The trick and the key thing is to actually make somewhere that is close to them mm. um, of sufficient quality to provide the kind of service that need Mm -hmm. and so what we're doing then is getting pharmacies all across the country we're training them we're providing them access to consumables and then we have on our website you can see hundreds of pharmacies you go and select which one you want and then you can go present there and then get you know really high quality care that we can stand behind
0: all right so uh, i i know that i mean like you mentioned in earlier um covid19 is hitting us quite hard in the world generally and you well health has been doing some work in that space can you tell us a bit about i mean what you've been doing with covid19 i mean helping the the nation fight the, the virus and
2: uh. yeah absolutely so so when 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 um when COVID-19 broke we realized that there was an opportunity for us to be able to build technology to help the authorities better organize you know how they deliver um you know the the response and so what we did then is we you know, built some software to help uh there several state governments to keep track of their resources, mm. how they're being utilized and match the resources to the people that need them. So for example, if you've got 10 beds in uh, Lagos Island, And then you have twenty people that need those beds. Mm. You can then, you know, figure out which are which are the important ten people, and then you can then get regular updates on the availability of those beds so you can um, allocate them appropriately. So that's one thing that we did. Uh, We also worked on using really accessible channels for helping people to, you know, know what risk they have for COVID nineteen, and as their risk comes in. Where there's a dashboard, then that the authorities can look at and then you know contact people and uh, create um, avenues for those people to get tested. Um, so really, just using technology to help the efforts uh, move a little, a lot better. Um, because unfortunately, we're in a very low tech environment, and you know even even worse so in our government where people are not familiar with technology, and so a lot of the processes that are that are being um, used at the moment are quite manual and they can mm-hmm. be quite slow and painstaking.
0: I mean, great work that you are, you and your team are doing and honestly, we just we really want to say thank you to, I mean, use the opportunity to say thank you to all the health workers and I mean, you guys are doing a, a, a lot of work and I mean, we see that the health, uh, health tech companies, I mean, have been really called up in this moment and for me, I—I I mean, from outside, I see that the need for us to really take up technology, especially in our health sector, is very, very important. And I mean, that has been brought to the fore. Uh, so, do you think that the pandemic has accelerated that adoption you know, especially in, especially in the health health sector? I mean, are we really moving at the pace that we need to to be at?
2: we're not moving at the pace uh, that we need to be moving at but we're moving somewhat in the right direction i think certainly the pandemic has brought healthcare and the importance of health technology to the fore and i think the challenge is that you know we have a lot of legacy issues that are just humongous Mm. and but even for health tech companies ourselves Um, a lot of us were not sufficiently even capitalized to be able to take advantage of a lot of these opportunities so if you see the companies that are really driving home disadvantage are those companies that are very well capitalized Mm. and there's only a handful of them I think if we had far more capital and far more um, skilled people in the space Mm. I think we would have actually been able to make far more progress with the opportunities that we have you know I think certainly you know there's some progress but you know not fast enough and not at the scale that we needed because we're really in a really really difficult place I mean Even forget COVID-19, our just usual general healthcare system was really terrible Mm. to start off with. COVID-19 has really just exacerbated that and so Mm -hmm. I think we need far more investment in the sector um, and far more skills sort of working and thinking about how to make things better.
3: Mm.
1: Okay, so do you think that um, this skills and technology can actually improve insurance like health insurance penetration as well as awareness? I'm, I'm taking. I'm, I'm taking from the point of view of um, you know the financial exclusive populations, where we are trying to the bank. We say banking the unbankables. You
2: know, so um, do you think that technology is going to be the messiah? I mean, technology is the only way. I don't. I don't see any other way that you can get you know over hundred million people access to healthcare. Mm. You know, in a in a setting where you don't have the you know physical resources available, you don't have the you know, the doctors, the nurses, the healthcare providers, you don't have them available. So, I mean, the only way that equation gets balanced is if technology is in there because, you know, you can scale that to millions of people. Mm. So, there's no doubt about it. That it's going to be technology-based. The question is, what kind of technology do we need um, and how do we pay for that technology? Um, with insurance optic, again, I think technology is going to be central because, you know, the traditional, you know, um, massive cost for an insurance company just cannot be borne mm-hmm. by you know the kind of users that we have that are, have low income and are you nice. know not very well off mm-hmm. so you know looking at how do you cover the cost really is technology you know you don't have you know the opportunity to have you know huge big administ- administrative um administrative costs or huge big you know um, management costs or cost claim those kinds of things like you really have to almost be close to zero and the way you get to that is really just technology so I don't see any other way uh, beyond technology mm.
1: Okay, imagine so claims management and um, I, I'm going to relate this to the you know, cashback policy that you currently have. So, um, I could, I from what I read, or uh, I, or for what I found out, I realized that you, um, Wella, actually sorts out people like expenses, medical expenses up to a particular limit. Like, how do you manage this? So, is it Wella Health that's responsible for the claims management, or Wella Health in partnership with an insurance company, or a mutual
2: yeah, so we, so we, I mean, part of the value that we bring, right, to an insurance company, and this is this is um, the importance of uh, insurers uh, working with insurtechs. And so, you know, there's always that, you know, back and forth and a bit of a fight between, you know, where do insurtechs sit compared to insurance companies? Mm. You know, what's that relationship like? Mm. And the reality is that insurance companies traditionally are not set up in a way that they can reduce the cost for managing a lot of things, mm. right? One of the things is claims, uh, claims, for example. I mean, as a startup, we are very... We we can build technology very quickly. We can scale up in you know, a lot of our our support and services very quickly. I mean, yeah. yeah. a way that the traditional insurer really cannot cannot do that, you know. And so the advantage that we bring then is that you know the, the insurer doesn't have to you know spend extra resources on retooling themselves for a micro product. What they can do is just work with an insured tech company who is set up specifically for managing that micro product, mm. and then we. Um, text can, you know, sort out that whole process and then, once we have it all, you know, nicely um, and efficiently done and uh, itemized or listed or presented in a way anyway, that the insurance company can take it in and very quickly then, you know, just make those decisions oh. um, and so that that's what we do right, so that we, you know, we are able to you know, work with the hospitals and the pharmacies mm. to verify that you know this person actually came. They actually made this payment. These things actually happened, you know. And then we can then say to the insurance company, "Here, yeah, this is this is the, this is what we've been able to verify that this has happened." And then they're you know happy to pay that off because the way that we do it ourselves is not by hiring hundreds of people, but by using technology, right? Okay. So that we give all these providers technology, mm. you know, to be able to verify things. You know, we have some systems in place that are able to check some things and um, to make sure that everything is in order and then pass it on so i think that's really the value that we bring here is that we can do things um, at a much less cost than what you're able to do traditionally mm, uh, mm-hmm.
0: uh, it, 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 it's, it's interesting that you mentioned i mean still thinking about claimer like you mentioned before i mean you didn't start off uh, thinking that you're going to be an insurtech company right and So I'm hearing you now speaking about claims, speaking about uh, claims ratio and like, okay, now this is a professional here. And uh, (laughs) so um, looking at uh, the fact that insurance generally now, I mean, there's this uh, thing around claims payment, right? And one of the major questions that uh, the insurance company who, I mean... My, today, we'll be considering some insurance. Uh, what will first come to my mind is claims, right? How do we manage the claims? How, especially looking at fraudulent claims?
2: I is, is uh, see fraud. I knew, I knew fraud, fraud was going to come up even before you finish your question. <laughs> I think the, the challenge with traditional insurers is that's the first thing they think about yeah. fraud, yeah. and I think that's that's the that's the worst kind of way to think about insurance. Mm. You know, especially in a, in a market where it's, there's underpenetration of insurance, okay. like you cannot think that you know fraud is the first thing that comes in your mm-hmm. mind. Like I think that is that is exactly why insurance uptake has been low. Okay, because when somebody claims, the first thing you think of is could it be fraud? fraud? Like that cannot, like you cannot. You cannot grow With that kind of a mindset <laughs> I think the mindset Has to be Especially initially I mean you're trying To promote adoption Yeah So really You should actually Be trying to promote fraud If you like Because There is no way People can experience And understand insurance If you're not paying out claims Yeah right Mm. so if you're treating every every potential claim as oh could every claim as a potential fraud then you have the wrong mindset Mm. i think the mindset has to be we will pay every claim Mm. and then once we have the data we can then understand and figure out and filter out what is fraudulent Mm. okay so i'm thinking that this
1: fraudulent um, um perception came from i wouldn't i wouldn't say i mean before the whole adoption of insurance in nigeria um um or some of the studies that we've done with the UK. So it's more or less like insurance is, you can actually use insurance to gamble. You can use insurance, you can um, for insurance policy itself you're not supposed to make any um, profits. It's just supposed supposed to indemnify you like take you to a position before the loss. Yeah. So now coming to a point where um, you know that there are certain um, times that people would ordinarily use this kind of policies to gamble for instance too so all of those um, conservativeness all of those risk management policies are already in place by a typical insurance company because you're seeing from the perception that my customer should only be indemnified and not exactly make profit off this particular policy so i think it's probably stemming from that point of view that if I'm going to be a risk manager, I also need to manage my own internal risk because I don't want to be exposed to a point where after I've paid up fraudulent claims, my books are now, you know, they're going bad and I probably have to go under as an insurance company. Mind you, the premium yeah, But
2: you usually... Don't, you don't expensive. have any customers. That's, that's the problem. You don't have customers. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but you don't have customers. Like That's the truth. Let's be honest with ourselves. You have you have over 100 million people that not insured, then where is the fraud? Mm. Like you don't have the customer <laughs> like, mm. Let's talk about fraud. Mm. Let's talk of customer service. Let's talk of fulfilling the customer need. Mm. And then once we do that, you can also say, okay, let's come back to do fraud. Because actually, a lot of times, your customers will police this thing yeah. once they know that you're genuine and you pay out claims. Yeah. Yeah. If, if the first question a customer gets is "Oh, is it fraudulent?", mm. then they say, "Ah, oh, you people are not ready." Yeah. Oh, but I gave you my money yeah. genuinely and openly, and now I come to claim I am definitely fraudulent. Mm. You know? Yeah. 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 So there's, a, there's a mistrust. Mm. There's a huge mistrust there in it in a market where we don't have insurance penetration. Like, what it's 2%, right? That mm. we're seeing. So so where's the fraud? There's no fraud. We have not mm-hmm. penetrated anywhere to talk about fraud. Mm, I, you know? yeah. so that's my that's my big reservation with the way insurers think in Nigeria.
0: Okay, yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be quite interesting. I mean, uh, your response to this now because I want to hear um, what has been the perception from your customers, right? Uh, I mean, I've seen testimony testimonials on your website now, but what has been the the perception in terms of? I mean, how that has translated, well, into, this- uh, affected your business?
2: Yeah, you no, know, people can't believe it. I mean, one of the biggest problems we had when we launched is people say, ah, I'm so go chop my money and I go wrong come on, Ah, I'm not giving you any money. So, so people don't there's, there's zero trust, you know. And again, which is why I said I come from this from a different point of view. I mean, I was never an insurer, yeah. you know, and so you know, selling insurance is very new to me. Mm. And it was very clear that there was a there was a mismatch between, you know, what the insurers wanted and what the, mm. the customers wanted. Mm. Um and so there's a there's a big mistrust there, and we're never going to have the penes- penetration that we need without solving for that trust Mm. and so people just didn't trust us they said they felt you know we're going to take their money and run away Mm. and we wouldn't serve them when when they needed needed our service Mm. and so our attitude then had to be well we cannot have too many rules here you know okay we cannot have too many rules we have to be very flexible and relaxed and we need to be we need to be paying claims we need to be serving people we need to be ensuring people experience our service like that's the only way i don't see any way past this and so initially it was very difficult but as people started to you know experience you can see there's testimonials now on our website you can see in fact when some people on social media try and um try and say bad things about us people actually some of our customers go and defend us right because they say no 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 no, you can't do that about well and health i've used them they're excellent Mm. Like that's the kind of thing that insurance companies need. You know, so so I think that's really the benefit that, that's the place we've 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 learned a lot is that you your attitude needs to be we're going to pay claims, mm. we're going to serve people full stop. That's mm. the way we have to be. Until such time as we have, you know, enough of the market, and then we can go back and say, okay, you know, how can we improve this process? Mm. Now remember with micro insurance products, you have to price them appropriately. Yeah. So what a lot of people do if you look at the research for these products is that they price in fraud right Okay. and so you have to be willing to take some of that in mm. and also you have to cap your exposure right yeah. you know your exposure is not, not unlimited yeah. right you have a very limited exposure and so you cap it right and so for example for you know some hospital cash plans the maximum you can ever make from it is you know 20,000 naira you know 50,000 naira 100,000 naira Your mm. the exposure is capped you know it's capped so even if somebody was going to be fraudulent like the exposure is capped so I think there's, there's ways around how you design the product so that you can be very free with actually wanting to pay claims.
0: I mean, from your experience so far in, I mean, working with insurers, working in the insurance space generally, so apart from some of the things that we have mentioned, uh, so what are some of the other challenges that you think that um, the industry is facing and you think that in insurtechs and technology generally, innovation can really help to, to change?
2: Yeah, so I mean, there's not enough innovation, you know, insurers are very slow, they're very traditional, they're very afraid, you know, this whole fraud and risk, that's the way they're thinking. And I think that for as long as insurers continue to think that way, insurance penetration will be very low. Mm. I think insurers need to, they need to take off their suits and get out of their air-conditioned office, get into the streets, get into the market, Mm. talk to people and look to serve them mm. i think once that's the attitude that we exist to serve people um then you see things start to change i mean okay. i think it's promising there's a couple of insurers that are starting to think this mm. way um and, and i think there's a lot of promise in the space but not enough insurers are thinking this way um i think i think um insurance really needs to get in the shoes of their customers mm. understand them a lot um and then look to serve those people so be very agile. Okay. um i mean obviously you know the, the regulate the regulator has some 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 places to play here yeah. um i come from I come from a startup background, so I launch products. You know, the moment I think about a product, I launch it. I, mm. don't, I don't care. Go to market. Yeah. <laughs> you know where I have that. Exactly. You know where I have, An insurer has to think about what does the regulator think? Well, yeah. How does this? You know? So there's. I mean, there's obviously some some challenges there. But I think you know once once that thinking changes in the insurers themselves, that can even go upstream to the regulator because yeah. the regulator the regulator exists to promote insurance adoption. Mm. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's my that's my thinking and feeling. Like, why do we have a regulator? It's also that insurance can be adopted. Mm. Um, and so I think when the insurers start to embody this, you know, customer centricity, mm. then they can take that back to the regulator. And the regulator themselves can see that, oh, you know, actually I'm blocking the insurers from being more customer centric. You know, mm. let me be more flexible. Let me improve things so that, you know, insurance adoption goes on. Um, I think this conservativeness, this uh, this always thinking about risk and fraud is not going to get us anywhere.
0: Mm. I mean, is 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 interesting? You mentioned uh, uh, where you say insurers should get up on the street and meet the customer. I noticed that the, on your website, at least. I mean, there are a lot of mentions of WhatsApp, right? So there are mentions of people reaching us, send us a message on WhatsApp. You know, I I wanted to hear your thoughts about this. That is 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 the future we are pushing for. You know, whether in health, whether in the insurance sector or Greek, is it going to be powered by mobile? Is it going to be powered by we? I mean, these services, this country, industry is going to meet the customer where they are comfortable.
2: Oh, I mean, it's, it's the only way, you know. If you if you want to serve somebody, you have to go where they are at and use what they are comfortable using. So, if somebody, you know, likes using WhatsApp, then you use WhatsApp. Your your customer tells you what you what you use. You don't mm. tell them what you use, mm. um, and that's the challenge with insurance companies that I find is claiming is a big headache, you know. <laughs> Very um, big. I have to um, bring, this, bring this certificate, bring that affidavit, mm. you know, bring the, the right eyeball of a male, boat, <laughs> you know, it's just like your. <laughs> So the to mix up a concussion. So so people just they just I mean they just get tired and fatigued. You've gone through a loss. You don't want to be looking for 20 things to claim. Mm. You know? Can an insurance company I mean I, I I I heard of an insurance company in Asia. I think a lot of the insurers in Asia are far more progressive and you know thinking a a lot more laterally. I heard of an insurance company in Asia who even before the loss was um, reported, they had already paid out because they could independently verify, verify. that the loss had taken place. Mm.
1: Okay, you know? so where do you so... have data? How, how do you manage that? Like, okay, there's data in Nigeria, yeah, but, but where you mm. have data?
2: Mm. So, but that's the goal. That's what I mean by insurers are not thinking laterally because if you can independently verify um, a loss, why are you waiting for a customer to reach out to you? Mm. You know, I mean, you know they've experienced a loss, and you insure that person or those, that company, or whatever. You should actively go out and pay that loss. For example, I mean, I work with the the Association of Community Pharmacists in Nigeria, right. and um, one of one of their um, executive officers was murdered,
3: uh.
2: and it was on the news. It was a prominent thing, um, and I mean, I, I I I was I've been talking to them about you know. Couple of things, and it was apparent that they were looking to make a claim. They've got a group life policy, and they were okay. looking to make a claim for this person that was murdered. I mean, that should be instant. Mm. You know, like it, it should be. It should, it should. That shouldn't take more than five minutes because it's on the news. Everybody knows it was an armed robbery. You know, it was clear yeah. that you know a loss had been suffered. But there's a big long process of claims and all that stuff. Like they're not, that's not a pleasurable experience. Nobody wants to go through that. Yeah. So you can imagine if an insurance company comes along that is able to independently verify things and just pay. Like that's going to be so like 10 times better than everything else. And you can imagine what the adoption would be like. Mm-hmm. Because the customers will be like, ah, no, if not that insurance company, they will pay you straight away. Go, 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 pay your premium. Go, go, go. Mm-hmm. You know, the way insurance adoption will go is word of mouth all this marketing that you are doing is actually a waste of time. You know, I mean, it's not but you get what I mean. Yeah. How mm. insurance gets adopted is by word of mouth and how word of mouth goes um, happens is by, you know, great customer experience yes. and serving the customer.
0: Mm. I mean, uh, uh, very, very, very well said there. And so let's go into so back to Wella Health proper now. So funding. All right. So um. I know you celebrated some news recently. Can you tell us a bit about that and what the prospects are for you and your team?
2: Yeah, that's right. So we, um, you know, when Catalyst One Portfolio, Catalyst One is a is a London-based group that uh, invests in um, insure tech that look at financial inclusion. Obviously, with COVID nineteen, they are particularly interested in your healthcare um, kind of solutions that improve um, financial safety and security for especially people that are, you know, low income. Um, and so, you know, we fit, we fit very much with their thesis. And so they, they invested and we're working with them um, in a program to improve, you know, the way that we communicate to users, um, the way that we structure ourselves um, so that we can just be more successful. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we're learning with them and understanding with the exp- experts that they have. And, you know, we're going to be doing and uh, improving a lot uh, with their help. Um, part of the the benefit of the program, of course, is we get exposure then to a deeper um, roster of investors, um, and so our goal then is to over the next few months be able to, you know, close some of those investors to actually, uh, you know, have more capital to be able to do the things that we want to do. Okay, so
1: um, what does the future exactly hold for Wella in terms of? Um, I'm guessing that this is just not going to be like a you know um the only project i'm expecting to see more of you know insurance penetration else penetration and you know other type of them um, else activities and services
2: um i mean we're very much health focused and that's where we started out but coming into insurance i find that uh, there's a lot of opportunity insurer in insurance and a lot of insurers are very risk-averse. And so for me as a business, you know, it's actually very good because I'm not risk-averse at all. Mm. <laughs> um, and so I think, I think there's a lot of opportunity um, and there's not a lot of competition. That's the honest truth. Mm. Um, and so I see us actually you know, doing things in insurance beyond just healthcare, I think there's a lot of opportunity to innovate in so many areas of insurance. You know, I mean, the market is just there for the taking, um, and so our goal is that you know, as we raise more capital and, and grow, that we can provide you know insurance-based um, um, supports and services um, outside of healthcare. Okay. Uh, within healthcare, you know, our goal is obviously to to grow and to provide more services beyond just insurance. And so, I I, I look at insurance like a tool. You know, it's like I'm, I'm building a Swiss Army knife, mm-hmm. um to be able to solve with out-of-pocket payments. So mm-hmm. one of the tools is insurance. Okay. Insurance is not the only tool, you know. And so we're working with you know several other things. We're looking at you know loans, for example. We're looking at savings. You know, we're looking at health prevention so that you don't even need to spend that much more mm-hmm. money. And um, so you know, we're doing a lot of things um around um helping just people be, be better at um financing their healthcare. so again like for us we have a lot of flexibility that we can go where we find that there's opportunities and, and a solution
0: all oh, right yeah yeah that, that's 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 amazing and we definitely are uh are, are rooting for for you guys and it's been amazing work that you're doing so and fantastic conversation we've had and i'm sure that people are going to listen to this are definitely going to enjoy it so thank you dr nito
2: thank you Uh, thank you very much it's been a pleasure being a non-insurer it always shows when i go in insurance and talk to insurance (laughs) (laughs) you know i i challenge some of the assumptions that you guys have um, because you I mean, insurers, insurance, To be honest, you guys have failed a lot, you know. So you need people like me to come and tell you <laughs> um, the truth. Like, like you have failed, and that you need to rethink yeah, so that yeah, we can provide yeah. service to the customer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it
0: is important that, uh, especially for insurance, like you rightly mentioned, it's very traditional and and mean very strict and con- conservative right no, there's I think need we're for, for that, that. I yeah I yeah, think we're there, getting there, we're yeah, yeah definitely but there's there of that um, different perspective, you know different eyes from uh, a different point of view you know that's where um text come in you know and also entering entering into the industry by other professionals from maybe the banking sector the you know other places where there have been a lot of more adoption of technology so bringing a fresh uh, look and seeing how okay let's change the customer experience how can we improve the penetration how can we get people to to actually take up all these things and at the same time providing enough value that they would come up they come in by themselves you know so so i mean you are very right so thank you very much once again and we definitely will, will keep in touch and continue the conversation
2: Thank you. Absolutely. It was a a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: All right, guys. Welcome back to our podcast series. I'm sure you must have enjoyed the conversation with doctor it was really interesting for him to you know you could feel the passion in
0: yeah, <laughs> in
1: all that he was saying and the fact that you know, he's and he, he,
0: he literally shakes some tables you know <laughs> I think we need, a lot, need more of that in our industry no
1: I, I don't think he shook the table I think he broke them he <laughs> broke
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: a lot of it. but it's, it's interesting to see that people are interested about you know um, improving or changing the style in the insurance industry I mean, these are kind of the disruptive change we've been talking about and mm. it's really nice to see that somebody is really excited to be a part of that development. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. I mean it was quite uh, I've been quite interested in how they're using insurance, you know, to you know provide health care to Nigerians. So you know listen mm-hmm. to this conversation about how they are providing not just any insurance but malaria insurance. You know, that's mm-hmm. so specific, right? And yeah. it's specific and it's cheap right so uh it's it's quite uh interesting how that would grow because one other thing that that's really interesting for me is that they are they are providing a solution for a life a life problem right Mm -hmm. we are struggling with uh, malaria as much Mm -hmm. as it's a common you can say yeah it's a common you know Ailment where uh, you have malaria, okay, you can go to the pharmacy and just get drugs. You know, at the end of the day, doing all of that, you know, might not be uh, to your own benefit, right? I mean, like he mentioned, you know, there's Importance in actually getting tested to know do you actually have malaria? Are you sure it's malaria? You know, and you know it was quite interesting when you mentioned that you know uh, malaria. When you look at malaria symptoms and the COVID nineteen, yeah, COVID nineteen, they're they're quite similar, right? So uh, getting tested, you know, for malaria really and you know quite innovative with the you know using the rapid test kits and likes and you know so. It's a live uh, issue that we are struggling with malaria, right? And you
1: know malaria is issue. one of in, in Africa and in
0: Nigeria yes, as well. Yes. It's like one of the major yes. problems out there. Yeah, so using so using insurance to tackle it is is, is very mm-hmm. very innovative and, and forward thinking, you know, and we need more innovative yes. ideas and from insur and also from insurers you know, as well.
1: Mm. and then um i also um i also like the fact that um you know they have a bit of you know cash a cash back plan Mm. just is um, i think they are still trying to tidy up that end but it's just good to know that i still would get um somebody's actually going to repay me or reimburse me for a particular amount up to a certain limit that i have spent so far Mm. which is really good you're just um it makes, it makes the product more exciting to buy mm. and more attractive yes. to the audience, which is which is what people want, want out of insurance. Like, okay, if I insure this, will I get my money back? Mm. That, that's always mm. the burning question. Yeah. So I think it's a good one. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and you know, it, it's so simple, right? It's malaria insurance. Simple as that, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have this thing that we struggle with right now where... Our products are so complicated. What is covered? What is not covered? Why not break them all down and make it so simple? Okay, malaria insurance. This is when we pay. This is when we don't pay. Simple. I'm not paying out of pocket because I've already paid for insurance at a, you know, little amount. and I'm, I'm getting benefits of, of you know, larger amounts. So, so and I'm getting not yeah. just, not just a larger amount benefit. If I was paying out of pocket, I would have paid, you know, thousands, you know, but, also getting quality care yeah that that's that's the bit that that is quite interesting for me because they're able to test you so when you have malaria then the pharmacies that they are that they are working with those people can now give you uh, the right uh, drugs that would help you get better so it's not just affordable but it's also quality which is just amazing
1: uh, and even the distribution method yeah. is really what is attractive mm. the fact that it is mobile mm. the fact that it is um, easily accessible mm. like it's digitized mm. and that is and that is the future of all of this um, you know platform I, I don't have to go to a clinic before I could actually access healthcare on my mm. phone or you know on yeah. any of my devices so it's, yeah. it's really very um having this interactive conversation i'm sure that um our listeners would also have like um, their inputs to some of these things that we've talked about and for questions and clarifications we're easily accessible on, on um on linkedin and on twitter we have to do is just to follow us on both platforms right again my name is follow me and here with yeah, damola
0: and it was a pleasure join us next time and definitely we're going to be having another interesting conversation with another uh, insurance professional someone doing something great in the insurance industry that we need to learn from or we need to encourage and you know or we need to be a part of so yeah stay tuned
3: bye